Beyond Synth, Season 7, Sequence Commencing in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Hey there, welcome to the show. This is episode 207 of Beyond Synth. And today I'm going to be chatting with Daniel Deluxe. And uh, we had a fun chat and you'll get to hear that in just a bit. But first we will listen to some cool music because I got a bunch of cool tracks for you this week. And I feel like when I was editing the conversation I had with Daniel, I I made a few errors that I might uh, correct. Because sometimes when you say things incorrectly, and you host a podcast, people like to correct you, even though I don't ever know what I'm talking about any of the time. Uh... I think there's a part of this conversation where I started talking about ray tracing and like I don't know what that is but I pretended to know uh, but look that's neither here nor there because we're going to listen to some tunes so I've got a cool track here from a group called Rouge Congo uh, and this track is called Back to the Sun check it out Don't know what you really know, really know 
right, and that was Back to the Sun by Rouge Congo. And that is a cool track. They're actually a really cool band. I just discovered them recently, but that track I think is actually a few years old, but it is uh, good stuff. And that was uh, brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters. We got a new one here, a $10 pledge from Joshua Winter. So thanks, Joshua Winter. You are a cool guy. I should also apologize if you hear a dog barking in the background. I think I probably brought this up on the show because I have a neighbor's dog. I have a neighbor's dog. Don't think that's how you word that. Anyway, uh, my neighbors have a dog, and I think it's a rescue dog, and it's very loud, and it just barks constantly for hours, but it always starts right around when I'm I'm hitting record. Yeah, so later on in the show, when I talked to uh, Daniel Deluxe, I think at one point I said that Canada is phasing out Burger King. So I need to clarify, that's not true. There just aren't that many Burger Kings. Uh, I never really see them anymore. I checked the map, and I think there's like three Burger Kings in Toronto. Burger King isn't in any of like the kind of small towns. Like, you know how there's towns maybe like population 20,000? That's usually around the time that McDonald's comes in. I think like the franchises, they work. It's like Subway is the cheapest. So Subway sandwiches, you can have a town population of like 700 people. And if there's like one franchise, it'll be Subway. And uh, and since I'm Canadian, also Tim Hortons. So if you guys know what Tim Hortons is, that's like the Canadian coffee donut food place. And they're everywhere in Canada. Like it's crazy how many there are. I don't even know that there's another franchise in the world like Tim Hortons in terms of just saturation. Because even in the States, I guess you have like Dunkin' Donuts and stuff. But like, do you have a Dunkin' Donuts on every corner? Because in Toronto, literally, there's a Tim Hortons on every corner. They're everywhere. And if you go to the hardware store, there might just be like a Tim Hortons kiosk in there. So anyway, so there's that. And I think once the town gets a little bit bigger, not a city yet, but you know, it's got like population 20,000. That's when you start to get McDonald's and uh, Wendy's and A&W and shit like that. I just don't see Burger Kings anymore. But you guys let me know, man. This is... (laughs) This really important topic. I just want you to know, because later on in the show I say that. And I said that I don't think there's a Chipotle in Canada, and I was wrong. I checked the map. I think there is a there is one Chipotle in Toronto, all right? So just keep that in mind, even though that's the very last thing we talk about, and so you'll probably have forgotten by then, but hey, man, it's not my problem. Look, let's uh, listen to some more tunes. Uh, this is a track from QT Interval, and it's brought to you by my awesome uh, Patreon supporters. There's the King of the Pattersons. Chris Dance There's the Bishop of the Pattersons Six Mill And then there's the Knight of the Pattersons Mike Shima See I can use like chess terms Or would you rather be the Rook Maybe I'll make Jacob Wick the Rook I don't know what that makes everybody else Well I do (laughs) You're all a bunch of fucking pawns in my game So look let's listen to this track Well I don't know what that was Uh, From From QT Interval This is Immortals
And that was Immortals by QT Interval. And that was brought to you by uh, my awesome patrons. There's City Hunter with the 42. And in the 2666 Club, there's Hugh Hefna and Lucas Ceballos. Okay, so I am apologize. This episode is actually a few days late. I'm trying to get my head around this sort of new schedule. I have kind of a new schedule. I have both more time and less time. It's sort of hard to explain. But this weekend in Toronto, the midnight is playing. September the 14th, so that's in a few days. So if If you have any questions, because uh, we're not going to do a podcast, we're going to do a video instead. We're going to film something. So um, if you have any questions you want me to ask the midnight, email them to me at beyondsynth at gmail.com and just say questions for the midnight because I'll ask it on uh, the video. So make sure you sign it too so I can say who asked the question. Uh, Just because the midnight I've been here, I've had him on the show like three times and so when I was setting setting it up to to do something with them, I'm like, at first I'm like, oh, we'll do the podcast and I was like, but what are we going to talk about? Like, (laughs) it's different because there's other guys who who are on the show all the time but, uh, you know, we know each other well and so we have like sort of a back and forth whereas like the midnight, I mean, they're really nice dudes and I have, I do chat with them outside of the show, but we don't talk as often as I talk to some of the other recurring guests on the show. And so, you know, usually when they're here, we talk business, we talk music and and stuff like that. And so I feel like we're probably going to wait until their new album is finished to have them back on so that they can sort of talk about that. And in the meantime, we'll uh, do something fun for a video. And so I will reiterate that if you want me to ask them any questions, uh, send it to beyondsynth at gmail.com and I will ask them, but obviously uh, you don't have much time because (laughs) you have like two days from when this episode drops, so get on it uh, if you want me to ask them some questions on video for you. And now, how about we listen to uh, some more music? Uh, More music that is brought to you by my awesome uh, Patreon supporters in the $25 club, like Clint Dowling, Restless Nights, and Honeybeard. So, how about, what do we got here in the playlist? There's a little track from an outfit called Doom Flamingo, which is just an awesome name. I love that. Doom Flamingo. And uh, this track is called Telepathy.
And that was Telepathy by Doom Flamingo. Doom Flamingo. I wonder what that means. Regardless, I like it. Look <laughs> at Doom Flamingo. <laughs> but they got a cool sound. I watched some videos. They seem fun. And uh, they got some live performance stuff going on, so that's always good to see. Although, you know, a lot of the people in the synthwave scene, you know, they start as bedroom producers, and then sometimes there's some people who, you know, they're like a band right away, you know? And so uh, it's cool to see that. And that was uh, brought to you by my awesome uh, Patreon supporters in the $25 Club. There's Tim Carton. Tim Car- <laughs> Fuck, I say these every week. <laughs> Wow. So you can say things every week and still fuck up. Tim Carlton and Johnny Five and Emilio Estevez. You guys are cool. What's happening right now? I'm reading an article on Engadget called The Dreamcast Predicted Everything About Modern Consoles. Just read this verbatim. 20 years ago today, the Dreamcast landed in America, and even though it was ultimately an absolute failure, it changed the face of console gaming forever. Is that true? I feel like whenever people look back at the Dreamcast, it's about the games. Do people really look fondly on, like, that controller? The Dreamcast was the first mainstream system to use a component you typically find in computers, a DirectX-compatible GPU. Well, that's a good point, yeah, because now, I, I, yeah, I feel like in the in the early days, consoles were all these very custom-created things by the, the companies themselves, and now whenever you read articles about the upcoming consoles, they're always talking about the different chipsets and different graphics uh, processors that are being made by different companies, and, like, that's more the story. It's all about how, well, like, you know, ATX is supplying the graphics chip and the fucking, you know, Samsung is providing the screens, you know, and so it's all... Although, I guess, I mean, in the day, obviously, microchips and things like that were always made by specific companies, I suppose, but there is something different about the fact that the consoles now are... You you talk about them in comparison to what a computer does, whereas I feel like back in the day, all you, all you could say was... Super Nintendo is 16-bit, whatever the fuck that means. <laughs> to this day, I still don't know what that means. Bit, you know? It was all just basically, what bit was the system? And only in later years have I really had conversations, especially with, like, chiptune artists, about the actual sound chips and the things themselves. I mean, we do talk about stuff like that, you know, the FM synthesis, right? Because Sega Genesis kind of had, you know, this particular sound because of the uh, the sound chip that was in it. But pretty much that was it. That's all you would talk about with old games was just the the bits. And now, of course, uh, you talk about them like you talk about any computer, you know, like, what's the graphics processor? You know, what's this? What's that? How much RAM does it have? <laughs> Remember the RAM expansion pack for the N64? How much RAM did that even add? Like, one? Like, megabyte of RAM? <laughs> it's something really stupid. Like, nowadays, we only talk about RAM in terms of, like, gigabytes, but I think back then in the N64, that RAM pack literally gave you, like, four megs of RAM. If that... Well, whatever. You guys let me know. Did Dreamcast predict the modern wave of gaming consoles? Or is this guy just uh, really nostalgic? It's like the way that I would, you know, I talk about all the shit that I like and be like, well, it all stems back to GoldenEye. So, you know, uh, anyway, I think I'm going to go back to censoring GoldenEye again, but we'll see how that goes. Look, let's listen to more music. I got a cool track here from Tommy Cruz, which is uh, brought to you by my awesome uh, Patreon supporters in the $25 Club, Pattern Shift, Kempson and Martin Larby and this song is called Making Moves and then in brackets Money Talks (laughs) 
And that was Making Moves, Money Talks, by Tommy Cruz. I should stress that Money Talks is in brackets. And that uh, that was a cool track that was brought to you by my awesome patrons in the $25 Club, Gregorio Franco and Blake Peterson. And okay, I'm looking at my video game news right now. We got the Neo Geo Arcade Stick Pro has 20 SNK games built in. That's a cool idea. See, I've seen lots of products like that, and it's funny because I can't tell what's an official product. Like, if you guys ever heard of uh, Pandora's Box, it's like a two-player arcade stick with an HDMI out, and it has basically, like, the emulators inside so you can play arcade games. But it seems like there's, like, a whole bunch of, like, unofficial versions of, like, the same thing, and so I can't tell because it'll be like, oh, this is the Pandora's Box version 9. And then I'll read articles about how technically, well, actually, the last official version was 5, and this is like just some ripoff company, but it like looks the same. I mean, it's a cool idea in principle. You know what I realized though? I don't know. You guys let me know how you feel about this, but I don't think I like the regular arcade stick. I think I prefer the bat top ones. Do you know the difference? Like how there's the some arcade sticks that's like a circle on a ball, looks like a lollipop. And then there's the other ones. Like I think they're called bat top arcade sticks. And I think those are my favorites, especially for fighting games. There's something weird about putting your hand around this ball like a claw. Like, I've always found those arcade joysticks kind of awkward to use. But uh, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they're actually better for fighting games and I'm just an idiot. But there's something more comfortable about the bat top ones for me. But either way, it just makes you think that uh, I really want that dog to stop barking. It, it literally barks like, rap, 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 rap. And it, it will do that for hours. Look, it's a noble thing to want to rescue animals and, you know, adopt like a rescue dog and stuff. Like, I get it. I get why people do it. But uh, holy smokes, man. This dog upstairs has fucking PTSD. Like, it can't handle when the owners leave. Like, that's what freaks it out. The second people leave, and then that dog will just go for hours. It's crazy. Like, how do dog vocal cords work? Like, they must get tired, right? Do dogs have vocal cords? Fuck's sakes. Like, seriously, like, if I sat here and I yelled for more than fucking five minutes, my voice would be gone. Hell, I go out to have drinks with friends and you have to talk over the music and then my voice is gone. Fucking dog. <laughs> All right. Let's listen to another track and uh, we'll... <laughs> I will still listen to the dog barking, but you can listen to some cool music. Uh, this is a track from Polychrome from the self-titled album Polychrome and uh, this track is called The Call and it is brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters there's Ashley Keegan with the 2049 and Rachel Buchelman with the 1985 and now uh, listen to this track from Polychrome this is The Call
And that was The Call by Polychrome. And that's a nice track. And that was uh, brought to you by my awesome patrons. There's Jimpy. And in the $15 Club, Hampus ML and Ken Giroux. Oh, and if you own a Switch, they put uh, Super Nintendo on the Switch. It's its own separate uh, app, but you still don't have to pay if you just have Switch Online. I thought they were going to do something stupid like the Nintendo games were going to be free, but then Super Nintendo, you'd have to buy like another thing. But um, no, it's pretty good. They got 20 games on there. Uh, what do they got? Brawl Brothers, Super Soccer. Well, who cares about that? Breath of Fire, Stunt Race, Super Tennis. I mean, look, the bottom line is there's Mario Kart, Super Metroid, Super Mario World, uh, Legend of Zelda. You know, I've never played through Yoshi's Island, Super Mario World 2. Maybe I should do that on Twitch. I am going to start getting the Twitch stream going again. That's going to happen. It's just there's so many videos and podcasts to edit and stuff. Sometimes I always go, oh, man, you know, if I I go on Twitch, then I'm technically not editing when I should be editing. I am a workaholic. But the point is, it's pretty cool. Nintendo's finally doing what they should have. It's funny. They're really doing pretty much everything correctly for the Switch. A lot of my complaints I've always had about Nintendo, I just thought, look, you've got these emulators online. People can get these games for free, but wouldn't it be such a cool perk to buy the system if you just said, like, hey, buy the new Nintendo system, and it comes with, you know, 50 games out of the box, you know? Like, instantly, you'd have people going, like, well, that's a really great deal. Even if they are, like, classic, you know, Nintendo and Super Nintendo games and stuff. But I just think that's, like such an incentive and you know if they start including like n64 games in there that's going to be pretty cool you know when you launch a system and just go like hey it comes with a whole bunch of games you got like fucking mario 64 and all this so right now the nintendo online is actually sort of it's cheaper than the other ones but it's still you know like a yearly cost but i still think that's a pretty good incentive to be like hey you know you get nintendo online and you instantly get like 40 free games you can play and i think that's really cool and i think i'm going to take advantage and play some of these these games that I haven't uh, played before. I mean, I, I mean, I have them on emulator, but you know, there's something nice and convenient about playing it on the Switch. So, so far, I'm actually really happy with what Nintendo's uh, been doing. I think it's cool. So, how about this? We're gonna go talk to Daniel Deluxe. Uh, how about we listen to one more track and then we will uh, we'll go talk with him, man, and that'll be a good time. So, I got a track here from a Synthetiger. Why not? This is a track called Call of the Wild. It's brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters. Uh, there's Chatterack, Mads Baron Christensen, uh, Prophet of Jupiter, and we will never forget the immortal Chris Salia Lane. And uh, let's listen to this track, man. This is Synthetiger with Call of the Wild. <laughs>
And that was Call of the Wild by Synthetiger. And that is a cool track. And I hope you enjoyed it. And now we're going to go and chat with Daniel Deluxe. I should remind everybody that if you want to support Beyond Synth, uh, you can go to patreon.com slash Beyond Synth, like all the awesome people who I've been uh, mentioning today. And uh, yeah, man. So uh, yeah, let's go chat with Daniel Deluxe. All right. Well, I'm here with Daniel Deluxe. How's it going, man? What's up, man? I'm doing all right. Your your actual name is Daniel, right? My actual name is Daniel, yes. But not Deluxe? No. I'm sorry to disappoint you. (laughs) You don't come from a long line of Deluxes? No, I don't. (laughs) Unfortunately. I wish, though. That could be cool. So, uh, obviously, uh, you make cool music. Uh, I've played uh, some tracks on the show before, but I don't really know anything about you because uh, we, we haven't really chatted that much so like mm-hmm. why don't we take this time here to learn who uh daniel deluxe is so where <laughs> where are you uh recording from right now i'm based in uh, copenhagen denmark but i'm originally i'm from russia but i live here um with my mom so how long did you uh like when did you move man i moved way back when the soviet union collapsed that's when me and my mom when we moved here been living here Ever since, has your accent dissolved, or do you still like uh, you? You talk about the Russian accent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's still there, my friend. It's okay, no problem. No, no, but you know, it's when I first came to the country, I couldn't really speak much other than Russian. I had taken a few classes um, that my mom had paid for in some English, so I had like very basic English when I came here. I learned the language here, of course, and yeah. So how many years has it been then since you moved? Oh man, it's been like I was seven and I'm 32 now. So it's been quite a while. I've been living here most of my life, apart from like I've traveled here and there. It's been most of my life. Do you still have relatives over in Russia? Like do you ever visit or? Oh yeah. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. I just recently, uh, this summer I was in Moscow. We are from Moscow. I still have a huge part of the family living over there. It's always nice. You know, we go every summer if we can to visit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's nice. It's nice to go back and see people. They're doing good. Everyone's everyone's fine. <laughs> I've always uh, I've always wanted to see the Tetris Castle. Oh, the Tetris Castle! You never been? You never been to uh, Russia? No, no, no. I haven't. Oh, okay, man. Well, it's yeah, it's a it's a pretty cool place. I, it has kind of a darker history than just the Tetris Castle, you know. Um, <laughs> well, it's, I, I, I guess it's also not called the Tetris Castle, but that's what I <laughs> it's call not it. called the Tetris Castle. But um, <laughs> the architects, actually, the architects who built it's a church of some kind cathedral uh, the architects who actually built it uh, had their eyes put out so they couldn't repeat the architecture anywhere else in the world jesus so that's pretty brutal yeah see it's a lot nicer to refer to it as the tetris castle yeah and we just have memories of piling blocks and no one's getting their eyes poked out <laughs> exactly so what's copenhagen like i don't think do i know anyone from copenhagen do you say copenhagen or copenhagen in danish we say copenhagen 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 like that? Copenhagen. Yes. It means the, it means the buyer's port or the merchant's port where the merchant used used to come and do their business. But yeah, Copenhagen is like do you know Hans Christian Andersen? You know the little mermaid? Oh, is that where the statue is? Yeah, exactly. That's where like all his famous fairy tales, you know. Well, that that's kind of the only thing we have here and of course those um like donut things that you call them Danish. <laughs> <All right. laughs> 
I never thought about it because you know, oftentimes whenever foods have certain names, it never has anything to do with. So I always assumed when people talk about a Danish, I'm like, well, there's no way in hell that's like really what they do there. Like it's the same with Chinese food. Like when we eat Chinese food over here, what we call Chinese food, it's sort of Americanized. I'm in Canada, but I mean, you know, North Americanized. Well, yeah, yeah. Chinese food because I don't think they really eat too much of the fucking breaded chicken balls and stuff. But that's like all we exactly. love. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. We, well, we have we have the same here. We like I think Chinese food is kind of universal everywhere, isn't it? You can get pretty much the same Chinese food you, in Canada than that you can get here in Denmark. It's like deep fried bread. <laughs> yeah, I think in China it's probably like because whenever you go to Chinatown and look at the food, mm-hmm. like when you walk past the store. That ha- that serve like things. It's all just weird things, you know. You just walk by, and like, what the fuck is that? It looked like there's like a bin of spiders and stuff, and like, yeah. But then when I go to eat the food, it's always just breaded chicken circles and rice, you know. So, but I mean, I th- I think it's pretty good. Sometimes you have that craving for Chinese food, especially if you've been out drinking with your friends or something. Oh yeah, you gotta have all that nasty stuff. Well, see, <laughs> the next day. I didn't realize how much Chinese food I ate until whenever I'm on Instagram, I always post like the fortunes I get. Oh, cool. I should do that too. I started looking at my Instagram and realizing like, shit, I eat a lot of Chinese food. Like the fortunes lately have been so stupid (laughs) that I always have to take pictures of them because they're not even like fortunes anymore. It's just reality. (laughs) It's hard to say. They're just sort of like sentences. Like, you know, before it'd just be like, you will come into great wealth or, you know. You You will meet beautiful strangers. Yeah, exactly. Now it's (laughs) like people like your friendly disposition or something you know you just look at it like well that's not really a fortune like it's just it's like basic everyday stuff right i got one the other day that said an old friend will introduce you to new people and pleasures (laughs) i'm still trying to decipher what the fuck that one means like i just i get these things now but they're all just like you are good at business or something and it's like well that's not a Mm -hmm. i want my fortunes to be really specific you know i i want like don't go outside on the 12th or something, you know, like just shit like this, just to freak people out. Tomorrow you will be attacked by a bunch of monkeys yeah. or something like that. <laughs> well, that would be amazing. If I got a hold of the fucking fortune cookie company, I feel like there's one company that just makes all of them. I could open like a fortune cooking company or be the guy who was responsible just, you know, just to fuck with people. Do it, man. Just put a lot of bullshit, bullshit in there. Put all the Daniel Deluxe stuff on hold and start making fortune cookies. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> This very important conversation about Chinese food and fortunes. Yep. But yeah, do you, do you ever visit the Little Mermaid statue? Man, I'm telling you, it's such a disappointment. Don't, like, if you ever come here, it's, it's just small. It's nothing to see. It's like people come here. It's just like a lot of tourists and even the tourists are kind of disappointed. But, you know, it has had its head severed like a couple of times now because <laughs> Like, I think some Lithuanian gangsters found out that the head was made out of copper and the rest of the body was not. So we had, a, a, for long periods of time, like, it happened like two or three times now where they just severed the fucking head and <laughs> there was a mermaid without a head. Really? So, but, so yeah, yeah. but then they replaced the head yeah. with the same head or they built another head? I don't know. I, like, obviously, I didn't build or replace the head but, I, but <laughs> what there was a new there was, there was a new head <laughs> there was a new head 
Like, you know, that's a good idea for a Chinese fortune telling cookie. The Danish mermaid will get its head severed yeah. again in the near future. <laughs> for the fourth time. Yeah, for the fourth time. So look, man, uh, you uh, make music and uh, this is my segue I try, to, I try. to play some. And so we're going to go back into the catalog here. Uh, this is what I like to do when I have people on the show for the first time is to go back and sort of play random songs from uh, throughout the years. So uh, this was one of the first ones I heard. This is way back in 2013. It was a track called Darkness, and we're going to listen to that right now.
And that was Darkness by Daniel Deluxe. That's a cool track. There's some, like, legend quotes in there. Tim Curry's voice. I'm here right now with Daniel Deluxe right now. Oh, yeah. That's, uh, that's like, a classic. <laughs> was that one of the first tracks or the first track? Or It was one of the first tracks that I kind of, like, shamelessly promoted around the internet. Okay. But my first track, my very first track that I ever uploaded was actually titled Blade Runner. This whole cyberpunk-ish vibe that I was going for. That's what I started with back in the days but yes Dar- darkness was one of my first tracks i actually made that track on my mom's couch with a laptop and a <laughs> and some earbuds nice <laughs> so, way back in the day are you a fan of legend oh yeah no, well i'm um, I-, I think tim curry's performance in that movie was really cool it was kind of one of those one of those few gems that kind of went past people's periphery if i can say it in that manner you know there was all all these movies like willow legend you know all those conan the barbarian all those cool movies back from the 80s that i really enjoyed and that one just made a made a big impression on me as a kid because of those massive horns and like this fucking big red guy he's definitely like the coolest part of that movie right like i really like legend but it is really flawed yeah you know, like yeah. when i actually watch it with sort of a critical eye it's sure. weird it's got this weird editing uh there's a lot of problems sure. but there's so much stuff in there that's so cool and like tim curry mm-hmm. is so cool in that movie and the music is great i think that's how it is mostly when like when we get older you, you start to notice these things also with games like when you try to watch some of the stuff you saw as a kid or play some of the games you played as a kid you notice all these flaws that you just like didn't really care about when you were younger. I play a lot of retro games, and sometimes there's certain options you can have now with the emulators and stuff. Right. That makes it difficult to go back, like uh, save states, for example. Yeah. Like, I always liked the music in Mega Man, but I always found them too hard to play. Now, like with save states, it's really hard for me to go back and play games like that without the ability to like save and retry or rewind time and stuff. Back in the days, games were hard. Oh, yeah. Games were really, really hard. So I t- totally relate to your frustration with Mega Man. Games like that, Contra is just like, yeah, you die, you die. That's it. It's tough because, like, there's a lot I really do like about retro games, and, like, some of my favorite games are still older, but I'm not necessarily a slave to the format they were on. And in some cases, the remakes are are actually like an improvement. Like I recently picked up Turok 2, which was on like the N64. Oh yeah, yeah. And uh, it's on the Switch. They they put it on the Switch like a month ago or so. And they really made a lot of actual improvements. Like it's a better game now. Mm -hmm. Not just because the the graphics look better, but because there were these giant levels, but there was only like two like save states inside the level. And I remember playing for hours and hours and not being able to save my game because I couldn't find where the fucking save post thing was so they just implemented a save anywhere function and it just makes the game so much better like it actually improves it I don't know there's something more satisfying to me about the old school games where it's not about all these like different objectives it's just basically like walk through a map and shoot things and get keys and open doors and like that's pretty much the whole game sure does it still have that weapon where you, like, oh, the, the cerebral the... boar exactly where the brain just comes out yeah. of the dinosaur <laughs> 
I love that's what everyone remembers. Where that, that gun and like shoots like a little fucking drill thing that like flies into their head and then like you see their brain like shoot out the other side. Yeah. I had the game for Nintendo 64. I remember that I used to shoot them with the thing and then when the thing got stuck on top of their head and the brain mass was just like coming out, I used to always run over where the brain mass and just stand like so just spray it in the guy's face kind of. <laughs> there was like a fountain of brain matter. Like yes, give me his brain matter. <laughs> I think obviously that was the most creative weapon but like I liked the Turok games. They, they had neat weapon designs. Turok was one of those games, and Rare made a few games as well for N64 that were, like, mm-hmm. too ambitious for the system itself. Turok 2 was like that. Like, I think the graphics, I think they, they tried to do a little bit too much, and so, like, when you actually played it on the N64, like, the frame rate was not great. No. It was very choppy. I remember that. But the story was kind of cool, though, as far as I remember. Yeah, it had, like, this sci-fi element. You go to space, and there's, like, this lady there, and you have to stop some... I, f- I feel like it was, like, a to-be-continued ending, though. I still haven't played through it all the way. I actually don't remember how it ends. I remember the beginning, because I've seen the beginning so many times mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that I have it memorized, uh, even from, like, my childhood. Like, just when Turok shows up in this portal, and there's that lady waiting for him. Right. She talked with, like, a British accent. She's like, Greetings, Turok. I am yeah, a Exactly. Man, that's a very good impression, actually. <laughs> well, that's what she sounded like. Just, and then she'd give you these Greetings really dumb Turok. mission objectives. It's like, the port of Adia. Yeah. The river of souls. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then, then there is like the, disable five totems, yeah. rescue three children. Get to the distress beacon. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the Saving Children one is the weirdest one because everything else is all these crazy monsters and all this stuff, but then you'd rescue, like, these little girls in cages, and they're like, thank you, and then they disappear, and it's mm-hmm. like, it just feels like it's in the wrong game. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I mean, I would have loved to be, like, at the pitch table where, where, when they pitched it. And then we have these little girls in cages that you have to rescue, <laughs> and then there's dinosaurs and brain matter, yeah, and, yeah. <laughs> you know, there's this woman, and then there's this final... The, the final boss was, like, out in space, as far as I remember. It's like the circular kind of a level. Yeah, the Primogen's lightship. I remember. Primogen. See, there, it the thing. there it you is. You must Primogen. stop the Primogen, Turok. Yeah, you must stop the Primogen. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. They made three Turok games and like none of them seem very connected to each other. It's really weird. Like, I think Turok 2 was the best. Like, I really liked, I really enjoyed Turok 1, like, when it came out. And it was pretty straightforward. Like, Mm -hmm. you're back in time, but then dinosaurs had, like, technology on them. And then in part 2, it was, like, super sci-fi, and it was, like, this space story with this evil alien from, like, some other dimension or something. And then part 3 was weird. I remember not liking part 3. I don't know if you ever played that one. I didn't. I did not, actually. It was weird, man. It was like, you played is these two there was like a boy and a girl and if I remember correctly Turok like dies at the start of it Mm -hmm. and then you play as these other characters and I remember it being weird because it didn't feel like the second game, but it the story kind of took place afterwards. But then the chick who played Adon had a different voice, and she looked different. And it was like, mm-hmm. you know, in movies when they recast actors and it's sort of off-putting? Right. Uh, they did that in Turok 3, where like it was a different... She looked different and sounded different. I was just like, this game's weird. Like, it didn't... It felt wrong. It felt like a straight-to-video sequel or something. Sure, sure. Yeah. It's, it's hard. I think it's hard for a game, especially game like Turok to continue 
the first game or the first movie will always be like the better one if if I'm not mistaken that's how it is usually well unless it's like Terminator yeah <laughs> Terminator 2 is like the exception yeah exactly exactly so yeah but you, you know where I'm trying to get at it's like it's, it's it gets harder every time because like you did something original the first time to rock one you know guy goes back dinosaurs have technology and then you, you've kind of seen it then you really have to up your game on the second one then you really really have to up your game on the third one I remember I really enjoyed the Mass Effect trilogy oh yeah oh yeah and yeah. I still thought the second one was the best like I really liked the second one that's what they say I mean I just play, I, I haven't played all of it I just played like half through the first one I think but everyone says the second one is the best one because there's like a lot of shooting and fighting and aliens you can have sex with and stuff yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's the most important thing right <laughs> I, I never did it myself i only heard about it yeah, yeah. <laughs> unfortunately uh listen let's listen to uh, another track here i want to move but, forward in time here to the year 2014 and uh you released a track called night stalker and uh we're gonna listen to that right now man this is night stalker by daniel deluxe
And that was Daniel Deluxe with the track Night Stalker. And I'm here right now with Daniel Deluxe talking about video games. I used to play a lot of video games, but I don't really play a lot of video games anymore. I'm just focus on other things i just try to stay healthy like hang out with my girlfriend always planning just planning stuff ahead i have this uh, new soundtrack coming out for uh, for a game in set in 2020 so that has been um, on the talks for some time finally got to like reveal it yesterday <laughs> that's like the next project that's what i'm looking forward to it's just like i'm just a ordinary guy nothing like exceptional about me uh, just try to work as much as possible and building my brand, building my music and yeah, staying healthy, going to the gym once in a while. Well, that's a good idea. That's something I need to do. I tried going to the gym and having a trainer and it didn't work. I thought paying money would make me like actually go. And then it turned out that wasn't mm-hmm. a good enough incentive either. What didn't work about it? Me. <laughs> oh, <laughs> well, that's the problem. You yeah, know? that's my fault. No, it's nobody else's fault but me. Laziness. Not like I'm going to sit here and be like uh, on my moral high horse, but I think it's all about like patterns. You know, it's just like recognizing a pattern and breaking it. Mm-hmm. Like I have a lot of very unhealthy patterns that I myself need to work with. Like I just recently quit smoking, for example. Mm-hmm. I think I saw a couple of YouTube videos where some psychologists explained the idea behind patterns and when you recognize the like a malicious pattern you should try to understand how your brain works it's so true like that's something i i've i've tried to do like i don't smoke but i do recognize like whenever there's something that like annoys me about my life and i always try and like write it down right. you know like if i'm really trying to stop something and try and keep track of it or or chart or in some way so you can actually physically see sure. you know what i mean like if it's like uh, eating junk food really acknowledge like yeah. what did i actually eat today because i'm a snacker and i always go into the kitchen <laughs> exactly, and if exactly. there's snacks and you never really think about it because you don't think about the way that it adds up. You know, you just go, hey, I just had like, I went in and got a handful of chips. And then 20 minutes later, I went in and had a cookie. And then 20 minutes later, I walked in and, you know, ate something else. Sure, sure. And then if you really keep track of it, like if you actually like write down, then not, at the end of the day, you just go like, holy fuck, like I ate a lot of shit. Mm-hmm. But you don't know that unless you start like paying attention. Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. And our bodies are not made to digest so frequently as they do in this day an age we're not meant to eat this much do you know there was this guy in where the hell was it? somewhere in california i think he didn't eat for a whole year like 368 days he was just so fat that his body just started using the fat as energy so he was just like drinking water and he was under supervision by some doctors i believe uh, and he just didn't eat for a whole year and he didn't die he just lost a lot of weight i don't remember his name but but you can you can look it up <laughs> he's dead now but uh, he <laughs> yeah he <laughs> it died was an, it was an unfortunately like my dad was always eating healthy food and so when i moved away on my own i was like oh fuck i can eat junk and so i ate burgers like I love burgers Who doesn't? yeah and I ate burgers like every day but they were terrible because I was buying like the cheapest we have a lot of like no brand no name products over here yeah burgers that just come in a yellow box and it just says burgers on it and like there's nothing else written and they were gray I remember eating these gray burgers that I would like fry up on the George oh, Foreman shit. grill and I'd cover them with mayonnaise and cheese and stuff and uh-huh. I got this belly that is never gonna go away what I noticed was like yeah I, I eat too much and even though 
I don't eat that much. It's too much for me. And I know it is because there's times where I'll just go the whole day and realize like, shit, I didn't eat today and I was never hungry. I think that's the thing that we all do wrong is like, I always eat all the time, but I'm never hungry. I just eat because it's like a force of habit. And I'm trying to change my pattern. So I'm like, why don't I just eat once my body actually starts feeling hungry and telling me like, you should eat now, you know? Yeah, I think it's it's very important to give the body time to digest everything so it doesn't like stay in your stomach like a big lump i think the best way for you to um, for your body to digest stuff is having these like 16 hour fasts so let's say you eat at eight o'clock in the evening and then you wait all the way to 12 o'clock next day uh, until you eat your first meal Mm -hmm. so your body has time to digest everything i think that's really important because if you look at how humans evolved back in the Neanderthal age or whatever, you know? The guy crawls up the tree for, to get these uh, eggs from this bird nest or whatever, and it's not that, it's not always it's not always that there's eggs, you know. Yeah. So your body has to somehow adapt to going, you know, for weeks maybe without food because it's not always you catch something. And I think in this day and age, like with the technology and all, all all this, like we have food everywhere around us. It's not how our body is supposed to work. It's not supposed to eat all the time. And also the the actual type of food. Technically speaking, a lot of this shit I eat isn't actually food. <laughs> it's uh, some sort of sugar cube that's been somehow they managed to get more sugar into the thing they show a can of pop oh yeah they'll show a comparison and go like half of this cup is sugar and i'm like how how the fuck do they get like (laughs) if i take a cup of sugar and pour water in it it's still going to be like this weird mushy sugar thing yet somehow they managed to compress it into a i think it's more of a metaphor and it's actually syrup but still it's a lot of junk but you're in canada right yeah do they regulate their stuff better than they do in the states i know here for example it's like it's crazy regulated like we didn't even have red bulls until like five six years ago because they were like <laughs> mm, we don't know what this taurine is so we're just not gonna sell it yeah you know they it's very strict strict here with what they sell we're similar to the states although there are different regulations mm-hmm. obviously we're right next to the states but we have a lot of different products but mostly that's just candy and shit often there's this funny thing yeah. where like people will come over to canada and go like oh they don't have that brand of candy or like we've got different flavored uh, chips and stuff even though we're right next door to each other but right. i don't know pretty much everything that the states has we have i do know our rules are different but when it comes to junk food mm-hmm. we have access to pretty much all the same stuff okay and there's just as many fat people wobbling around there might be more in the states right, but i don't right. want to i don't want to generalize i see a lot of fat people <laughs> sure sure I, yeah i understand but I, I mean just like um i was for the first time in the states like last year i was on tour with dance with the dead and i was just like amazed how much the candy and just the food like, it just tastes like so much oh yeah compared to what we have here like it's so sugary it's just insane i tried a soda in florida that just became my top favorite soda of all time it's called fago or something yeah. do you know that soda <laughs> yeah, called yeah. fago i think it's it's those guys in, or that's what i heard insane clown posse that's like their brand they're promoting the soda and i was like what the hell is this shit candy floss flavor i never tried candy <laughs> floss flavor in my life and it was like it, it it looked like it was like glowing of radiation it was like a purplish color it's like what the hell is this this, this can't be healthy i had to try it yeah <laughs> i had my buddy from denmark with me here and i was like 
yo, try this. And he was like, whoa, what is this thing? So much sugar. Yeah, no, it's, it's crazy what we're used to now. I mean, that's the, it is very different. But look, I want to listen to some more music, all right? And then we'll, yeah, uh, we'll yeah, keep sure. talking. Yeah. So I want to move forward here to the year 2016. Uh, you put out an album called Corruptor, and this song is called Soul Siphon by Daniel Deluxe.
And that was Daniel Deluxe with the track Soul Siphon from the album Corruptor. And I'm here with Daniel Deluxe right now talking about junk food. Yeah, I've always had a sweet tooth for candy. When I'm somewhere where it's like foreign, I always have to try stuff. For me, American candy has so far been the best. That's that's all I'm trying to say. Mm. Like your sodas and your candy and just the food in general it's is super, super good. I've had to tone back a bit. Like when I was younger I ate a lot of gummies, like gummy candies mm-hmm. and uh, those just fucking fuck my stomach up now. Like I don't, cause uh, I, would, I would eat them by the fucking bag and now it's like I have like fucking five Sour Patch Kids and my stomach's fucked and so I had to sort of phase those out so now it's mostly just the salty now. Danish people eat a lot of licorice. Do you guys eat a lot lot of licorice in Canada? I like licorice but licorice is one of those candies that is like divisive over here. Uh There's people who take a strong stance on like, ooh, like you like licorice? Like, (laughs) you know, that's like a big problem. There's those people. (laughs) For me, I like it. Like I like black licorice, uh, red licorice. Mm -hmm. Like I I do, I do enjoy it, but it's not, licorice I think is just, it's such a traditional candy that it's not like cool. Do you know what I mean? Like, you know, when you go to the candy store, you want to get the latest, brightest, colorful looking thing. Whereas like licorice is like, that's like fucking candy from the 1900s, you know, like it's not (laughs) candy from the 1900s. Mostly old people here eat it. I I mean, I don't think a lot of young, young people eat licorice, but it's just I've noticed that in the States, they don't have a lot of licorice. And I I think it's the same thing with Canada. It's a, you know, it's one of those things people have uh, strong opinions on. (laughs) Yeah, people and their opinions. Yeah. <laughs> They're great. I love it. My favorite thing is just going through Facebook and reading everyone's awesome opinions. Oh, yeah. I try not to. I actually can't handle it. I just have to stop now. It just Facebook is so upsetting. What whether it's someone's dumb opinion or like just sad shit yeah. like some people say have so much sad stuff and like it really affects me when I read it I'm pretty like empathetic like when people will post things about how horrible their life is going and shit and I just feel terrible and like and there's nothing I can do about it Yeah, it's sort of a waste of an emotion it's odd to say that when you're bombarded with sadness and there's nothing you can do about it you have to sort of step back and go like what was the point of me seeing that because all I did was just get sad and I can't do anything about it so I I totally feel you. It's just not to get too philosophical over here, but I think we're progressing into like a more depressing society or just... The, the things we see on the news and just like social media, it's a lot of the stuff that we are bombarded with is stuff that usually causes outrage. And I think the last time I read something is that Facebook's algorithm favors outrage, actually. Yeah. So if something is outrageous, you more people will see it because it's like news. L- look, there's this thing here that you should either fear or be outraged about. So please interact with it so more people can interact with it. Hence the snow- snowball effect. But yeah, I'm just, I'm like, with Facebook, I'm I'm not even using it really anymore. Actually, most of my time goes on, like, YouTube. I like to watch podcasts, I just like to chill out, watch something that's not depressing. I feel like where there's a lot of people mingling in different parts of the internet, because the internet has become such a huge place now and so diverse and you can find a lot of negativity. It's like it doesn't serve a function. It's weird because I think there's some people out there with the opinion like well this stuff was always going on or bad things were, were happening and now we're, we're learning about it. But if you can't affect any change 
I don't see the point. Like, I remember, I used to even just have this problem with the news before even having a problem with Facebook, where it's like, if nothing bad happened, then they would just mm-hmm. report about a tragedy somewhere else. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I'd be watching the news and, and like, you know, nothing too crazy happened. And so they'd be like, oh, there was a bus crash in Germany that killed a bunch of school kids. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I, and I know this sounds terrible, but I just think to myself, why did I need to know that? Like, I don't even live in that country. Right. I can't do anything. Like, there's certainly a reason to know about news that affects you and local news and stuff because if someone says like hey there was a car crash in our neighborhood and someone you know is affected then you know there's something you can do so you Uh can feel useful to the community or to yourself to be like oh I can go out and I can you know help or do something but when it's just like here's horrible news and it affects people you don't know in a country you don't live in and there's nothing you can do about it and the only thing you can do about it is feel shitty maybe I just didn't even need to know that in the first place. Sure, I mean, like, it's not relatable. You can't really relate because it's not in your neighborhood, it's not in your country, it's it's just somewhere in the world. You, you can't fix the world's problems, so no. why should you know about them? I, I understand, like, major world events, but, like, the, what, what the news does is exactly what we were talking about. They favor this outrageous, uh, how to say, uh, narrative. What's frustrating is, I guess this goes back to, like, even like with diet stuff as well, it's like I see how susceptible I am so as you know I can I can read articles and I can watch videos and I can act like I'm a clever guy mm-hmm. but if you put candy in front of me I'm going to eat it regardless of what I know what it does to my body and all this other stuff and I'm the same way yeah. with like the outrage articles and so I've had to pull back too because there's things I see that just annoy me and I have to sort of take a breath and be like okay man like they're effective you know like they're doing their thing they say I'm going to send this article and I know that you reading this is going to annoy you and then it annoys me and then I feel like a puppet or something Mm -hmm. because I'm like Mm -hmm. I'm falling right into the stupid trap of this dumb article they take advantage of like this cognitive dissonance you know like like the the candy example you you know you shouldn't eat it but you're like well I need it right now like I I know I'm going to get cancer from this cigarette, but I need a cigarette right now. I'm stressed, you know? Mm. So there is this dissonance where, where people are like, I know the news is not good for me, but I still watch it because maybe something useful comes out of it. But 99% of it is kind of horseshit. Well, I'll tell you what isn't horseshit. Cool <laughs> music. And uh, we're moving forward here. That was my awesome segue to the year 2017. You did a soundtrack for a game called Desync. Yep. There was two volumes that got released. So you did volume one and volume two was Volcor X, I think. Yes, that is correct. You had a really cool song on here. I, I liked this one a lot. It was called Aggressor. And uh, this is a kick-ass song by Daniel Deluxe.
that was Daniel Deluxe with the track Aggressor from the Desync Volume 1 album. And that one is cool. And I'm here right now with Daniel Deluxe. So Just sitting here, chilling. So how did you get involved with the, the game? It was uh, three guys from Australia. They're called the Foregone Syndicate. That's what their um, company w- was called. Yeah. Uh, it was basically three guys uh, where one of... The guys is the main uh, developer's girlfriend had heard some of my music on YouTube and she was like, hey, you should put this guy in the soundtrack of the game you're making. So it was kind of a coincidence. And then they got picked up by Adult Swim Games, which was really good for them. We were working on that on that for like two years together. I was just like, it was the first video game I ever got offered to make a soundtrack for. So I was, of course, excited. And I wanted to be uh, with them every step of the way. It was just really cool. Very nice guys. Very professional. Even though there were only three guys, they, they did a really good job. Yeah, I was very lucky they contacted me. The music you guys did, though, like uh, Volcor X and you, you did like a whole bunch of just separate tracks. Did you do one together, like the title song or? Oh, yeah. In the beginning, up to the release of the game, uh, I was the only one who was going to do the soundtrack. Uh, and then they initially initially asked me if, uh, if Volcor could join. And I was like, sure, cool guy. I know him. No problem. So that's where we um, we kind of started doing something together, me and him, where he had like two or three separate tracks as far as I remember, and I had eight or ten. I don't remember how many are on the soundtrack right now. But uh, yeah, the title track we did together. Did you enjoy the game? Yeah, I mean, I think the game is very challenging. I think it was the gameplay was actually very fun. The graphics I wasn't like too fond of, as I told the... The developers, it's not my kind of style, it was a bit hard for the eyes, but I think the game had its thing, it was like very rough, it had these rough edges. It looked a bit like Tron, like being in Tron. Exactly, Yeah. exactly, exactly. That was kind of the feel that we're going for. I would have done it differently, we, we were talking about it, I, I would have liked to see them like tone it down a little bit, but that was what they were going for. Since there's so many games and so many like indie developers, I always find mm-hmm. that uh, there's a lot of companies that try and do these weird kind of unique art styles in order to make their game stand out. Yeah, For me, like I'm pretty traditional. Like I just like kind of realistic looking graphics. Well, we all have our personal tastes, you know? Like I'm not too fond of top-down games, right. you know? Like when it's like the bird's eye view of the character. Like I just don't... Yeah, yeah. I've sure. never... Never been huge into those. I know, like, Hotline Miami is like that and stuff. And mm-hmm. for some reason, that's never grabbed me. Like, I'm I'm more into first-person shooters or, like, uh, third-person action kind of games. Yeah. But it all depends. Like, it, I remember originally I wasn't too big into cell-shaded games, but I really liked Zelda The Wind Waker. Oh, yeah, yeah, sure. Well, if you like first-person shooters and stuff like that, have you played that game Mirror's Edge? I played a bit of the first one. That was the one that was all, like, it was, like, running up walls and shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dishonored, have you tried that game? I did. I I am so particular, dude. Like, mm-hmm. the things that I end up not liking about games are always so... <laughs> th- because they're, they're, there's so many now, right? Yeah, you have to be skeptical at some point. You have to be skeptical because it's like there's a lot of games out there. The cool thing is that a lot of games now are very well made. So now the things that I don't like are usually cosmetic things. Very specific. And so for me, the thing about Dishonored is I... I don't like the world it takes place in. Okay. It felt dirty to me. Like, yeah, fucking yeah. rats and, you know, crawling in sewers and shit. Like, I just... It's just my personal taste. What I would love, because I love the Grand Theft Auto series. Oh, yeah, sure. And I remember they were... They talked about they were making this game called Agent, which was 
going to be sort of like a Grand Theft Auto type game, but it was going to be like espionage, but like take place in the 70s or something. Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking that game sounds so cool and they never fucking made it. And it ended up this thing where they always said it was in development for like 10 years and then they just don't talk about it anymore. Mm. And that's what I wanted. Something like that. Anyway, that's sorry. That's. <laughs> oh, yeah, sure. I mean, the, the reason the reason I asked if you like stuff like Mirror's Edge and Dishonor, since you said you like first person shooters, this new game that I'm making a soundtrack for is, is going to be called Ghost Runner. If you're the person that's into that type of stuff, you should definitely go check it out. Um, I think it's going to be pretty cool. That's for 2020? 2020, yep. Ghost Runner for 2020 is going to be out on PlayStation 4, Xbox, Steam. Cool. All the major platforms. So, yeah, maybe maybe you won't find it that dirty. It does have this, like, <laughs> cyberpunk kind of uh, feel to it. Well, it's a very um, specific... Again, I, I'm such a particular guy that sometimes my opinions... I'll, sa- I'll send you yeah. a download code. I'll send you a free download code for sure. Yeah, well, no, because I'd love to... Like, I mean, I like checking these things out. It's just sometimes there's just certain things about games that are very specific. And I think with Dishonored, the mm-hmm. thing was this air of, like... You know, plague era old London yeah. kind of stuff, and, and Victorian. Yeah, and so of, I'm uh, not fond of plague era Victorian stuff. Gothic kind of atmosphere. I think it's just the plague aspect that, but like, it's just it just feels. Like, <laughs> it's just it's just the plague. Yeah, it's, it's I don't all grimy, get and, and it's like I don't know. There's something about that. Like I like Victorian era stuff. I, I'm again, I'm so particular. It's well, like that's good. I, I think that's good. I think that's a good thing. You should have your own specifications. I have the same. I'm not very different there's also just minor details in games that can bother me sometimes to me it's as simple as a sound effect sometimes it's a voice I mean honestly I know everyone loved Witcher 3 and I I did think Witcher 3 was a good game so I should specify Mm -hmm. like I am aware when I'm playing a good game Mm -hmm. it's just sometimes there's aspects of it that don't jive with me so when I was playing Witcher 3 I was like okay this is a very well-made game. I get why people like it. Sure. I got fed up with his voice. Okay. I'm sort of bored of the gruff, gravelly lead man voice. There's so many games where you're playing, and every time the guy talks, you know, like, where are they going? Where's the money? <laughs> we need the gold. You know, <laughs> That after, sounded like Batman. <laughs> to be fair, the guy in Witcher, like, he's a cool character. I think it was just I played it around the time where I had just played a bunch of other games with guys with gravelly voices. Uh-huh. And so it might have just been the wrong time. So I don't want to offend anybody because I know people love that game. So, like, I think it was good. It just I might have played it at a weird time in my life. I never played it, actually. It had really nice water effects. I remember the water looked really nice. All right. <laughs> water effects. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I'm going to play a game because of its water effects. I'm oh, you should, man. Well, <laughs> well, well, now that you mention it, I'm definitely going to go tr- check out the water. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll tell you what. You know what we should check out, for real, is this track you made in 2017. You put out an album at the end of 2017 called uh, Instruments of Retribution. Yep. And uh, it's a track called Silent Kings by Daniel Deluxe.
that was Daniel Deluxe with the track Silent Kings. And that's a cool track. That was from Instruments of Retribution. I'm here with Daniel Deluxe right now, talking about how much you love water effects in games. <laughs> yeah, especially when the moon, if, if they made a cool moon too, you know, yeah. and it just like shines down on the water yeah. <laughs> and you get the whole reflection thing. I, fuck, I just watched this video. I don't know why. I read video game news in the morning. Like I almost... Who doesn't? I read more movie and video game news than I actually play games and watch movies now. Yep, yep. So I watched uh, this video that they just announced that they're adding ray trace lighting to Minecraft on PC if you have a certain video card. I think it was NVIDIA. What is this ray tracing? I, I've actually not looked into it. Well, what, what it, does I it think, do? okay, again, it, there's a nerd out there. That's not to get, put you on the spot or anything. Yeah, there's you know, a nerd who will get mad at my explanation. What right, I believe right, right. it to be is ray tracing lets you control individual beams of light. Oh, that sounds cool. So what it means is it produces more realistic looking lighting in games. And then you can define the different surfaces so you have these more realistic looking like when light kind of casts through trees and the way light hits different materials. So if you have like carpet and then the way that it reflects off of different uh, items in the world and stuff like this. And the joke is that they're wasting it on Minecraft because like it's Minecraft. It doesn't matter how good the lighting looks. Like it's still fucking weird looking bricks and shit. Right. So it's just better lighting in games. Yeah, someone's gonna get mad at me because it probably means something else and it's like, well actually it's about fucking uh, anti-aliasing <laughs> shading renderers that allows yeah. for complex... There's uh, always yeah. that guy. There's yeah. always that guy. Yeah. That guy's my favorite guy. I like him too. Yep. <laughs> Uh, you mentioned earlier about uh, going on tour with Dance with the Dead. So what was that like? That was really cool. That was an amazing experience. I'm really glad they decided to take me on, on tour. It was um, very nice of them. Very nice guys. Only good things to say about them. Yeah. <laughs> we uh, we met Helsinki, I think. That was the first show we did together. Me, Danger, and Dance with the Dead. Yeah, we just had a smoke. We chilled. We talked a bit and they were like you've never been to the states and like i've never been to the states but you should come i was like well whatever come on bring me i'll go so like okay let's put it in the works yada yada and so a year after i met up with them we flew to us and we basically like traveled how, how, how many was it now 35 shows in 42 days i think we did whoa yeah it was it was pretty hectic but man it was that was a trip that was a really cool trip while everyone was sleeping in the van I, I don't think I slept at all because I just wanted to see all of it I wanted to see the deserts all those hillbilly places or whatever you know <laughs> all of US because they, you know it's such a diverse country they have like everything mm-hmm. it was like a life changing kind of a moment are you doing your music stuff like full time yeah I am yeah I, I live off it now I'm actually trying to um, apply for jobs that I'm, I'm trying to do this now on the side um do you know io interactive the guys who made hitman yep they have actually uh like a open spot for a sound designer that's kind of the route i want to go when if this stuff ever fades away that's what i want to be doing i'll just like lock me up in some basement in hollywood and give me some tools and i'll just make <laughs> i'll make some sounds for minimum wage it's fine <laughs> uh, so that that's that's basically what i what i want to do that's why i started this whole thing was like make music for motion pictures and video games as long as it can put food on my table to do that stuff i'm a very happy daniel yeah <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm going to start using that as my expression. If I get the things I want, I'm going to be a real happy Daniel. I'm, I'm going to be a really happy Andy. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm going to say I'm going to be a real happy Daniel. That's right. Oh, well, yeah, you can do that too, but I want you won't that to be, be as happy. <laughs> you'll, you'll never be as happy as Daniel as I am. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a pure Daniel. Only one happy Daniel here. Yeah. <laughs> Man, like that's just that's a lot of dates in such a short amount of time. Yeah, yeah, that was it was a. Uh, it was a pretty hectic tour, but I wouldn't miss it for the world. It was it was an, an awesome experience. All the people we got to meet, all the smiling faces. Like, I never knew there were so many people that even knew who I was, you know. It was a very humbling experience to come out and actually shake hands with the people who have supported me for such a long time. And not, not for this to be any, like, a sob story or anything. You know, I don't come from, the like, the most rich conditions in life, like... I never had some rich uncle with a cigar and like, come on, kid, come here, I'll show you the ropes, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so all these people that have supported me and my um, my music throughout the time, it, it has helped me hugely with just like supporting my mom, supporting just myself, just being able to, to live. So it was actually nice to come out and give back and say thank you to all the people who have been following me for years and giving me a helping hand. I want a rich uncle. <laughs> I think everyone does. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> This whole time, I've always been asking for, like, an oil baron to uh, give me money, but uh, maybe a rich uncle would be uh, not as evil, I suppose. <laughs> as an oil baron? Well, I guess it depends. Maybe, unless the the uncle is rich from oil, then... Yeah, or... Yeah. No, I shouldn't go there. Like, yeah. uncle and weird stuff, that's not... <laughs> uh, it's it's, it's going to get too dark. <laughs> it's a rich uncle, but he does have a darker side. Hey, man, if I get my money... To <laughs> <laughs> you can do whatever you want, uncle. Yeah. <laughs> So, man, what is the uh, what is the future hold for Daniel Deluxe? So, you're working on this uh, soundtrack for uh, an upcoming game, uh, and that's cool. Is there anything else you're doing? I might release an album this year, or maybe in the beginning of next year. It is done. Everything is done. I'm just waiting, just, you know, scanning the surface. How the fuck could people do that? I don't know how you do that. Have something done and then just sit on it? Yeah, I I mean, it, it's it's very frustrating, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> um, just like you mentioned, uh, minor details in computer games that really bother you. There's also a lot of minor details in just the release, the artwork, every single sound <laughs> on the soundtrack that mm. really can bother me. So I, I, I tried to, like, polish it as much as I can and then just let it go and kind of forget about it and just, then just let people judge it for what it is yeah I understand where you're coming from every single track you just want to put it out and get an opinion but I think um, compiling it all to one one thing is a better thing for me in my own opinion yeah yeah well look man how about we listen to one more track and then we can wind this down right so this was a cool one this was a single you released uh, this year uh, that I dug it's called Overseer and uh, it's by Daniel Delo Sucks.
And that was Daniel Deluxe with the track Overseer. And I'm here right now with Daniel Deluxe. And uh, we're having a gay old time, but we got to wind this down uh, now so you can get back to making music and I can make lunch or whatever the hell I was going to do right now. <laughs> right. All, all this talk about uh, intermittent fasting. Candy and fast food. Just going to go to that in and out and munch down. <laughs> we don't have those in Canada. I wish we had those here. That's just some... An awesome chain of food. Yeah, I've never had. Uh, I've never had In and Out. My favorite chain restaurant mm-hmm. is Wendy's. Wendy's is superb. Like for fast food chains, Wendy's is like top one of the top tiers. Like I have to quit McDonald's because lately McDonald's has actually been making me sick. If I eat it, how so? It, it gives me a hangover. Oh man! I don't know what the fuck is. If it's just it's so salty that it's dehydrating my body or something. But the past mm-hmm. two times I've eaten McDonald's, I've literally woken up the next day like with a hangover. Oh man, that doesn't sound too good. No, <laughs> it doesn't. And the thing is, <laughs> it, I have. I think I'm like a dog where I every time I eat fast food. I think there's part of me that thinks this is the last time I'm ever going to eat it. Mm -hmm. So I always buy everything. Okay, yeah. I got to get a McChicken, but then I also got to get a Big Mac and get one of those little mini burgers and maybe a wrap. And and then I just end up... And then I've got kids that don't finish their food, so I end up eating their shit too. Uh, Right. There is very clearly a problem in what I've just outlined because I... I eat too much, but for some reason, Wendy's doesn't have the same effect on me, so I can eat a whole bunch of Wendy's, and Mm -hmm. I feel fine. And I like, uh, Wendy's has this dollar menu that's a lot more reasonable, I think, for the amount of food you get. What about Burger King? You don't, you don't do Burger King, or? I think they've, like, phased Burger King out of Canada, because there aren't that many left. Oh, really? Like, when I was a kid, it was always Burger King versus McDonald's. And now uh-huh. I never see Burger Kings. I think there's like one in Toronto and it's not on my side of the city. So yeah, so it's McDonald's. I don't know who's who's the second McDonald's versus... There's a lot of Subways, but I think Subway is a cheap franchise to buy. I think Subway is pretty good. They have that Chipotle thing. Oh, do, you ha- do you guys have Chipotle in Canada? I don't think we have Chipotle either. But you must have some kind of decent Mexican food chain uh well we got taco bell (laughs) oh okay (laughs) taco bell is i I mean i was kind of surprised how good taco bell actually was for the first time i tried it it's delicious but it will it will probably ruin your your pants i mean that's the thing like we eat this food because it is tasty Mm -hmm. i mean like i wouldn't eat fast food if it didn't taste good like i do like the taste of it it just sucks that it ruins you. I think Taco Bell tastes better than than it should, uh, if that makes any kind of sense. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's just, it just tastes fresher than normal fast food does. I, I don't know how to explain. That's the same thing with In-N-Out. I think their burgers are very fresh. You know, where if you go to McDonald's, it's it's you can feel it's like, okay, this is really processed. Yeah. This is really processed. So, yeah, that's just my point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That was it. <laughs> I love the idea. Just like, oh, I'm going to talk to this cool, like, fucking dark synth musician from Copenhagen. Then we end up talking about Taco Bell and fucking. <laughs> well, yeah. What else are we supposed to talk about? <laughs> <laughs> well, music. music? Maybe, no, but fuck yeah. music. <laughs> Well, look, man, listen, uh, it was good talking to you, and it was nice to meet you. Yep, you too, man. Keep on making cool tunes, and I look forward to uh, checking out that game. I guess we still got like a year, unless it comes out early 2020. Third quarter, I think. Is there a trailer? Yes, there is. There is a trailer. Type in Ghost Runner trailer on YouTube, and it should um, it should pop up. Awesome, man. Well, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll go check that out. Yep. And for everybody else, for all your fucking Daniel Deluxe needs, go to... 
DanielDeluxe.org. Dot com. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not an organization? No, it's not. <laughs> and it will never be. <laughs> All right, cool, dude. Well, you have a lovely day out there, and, uh, and we'll uh, talk to you soon. Thank you, Andy. Sure. Thanks, man. All right, and that was Daniel Deluxe. That was a fun chat. Enjoyed talking with him. You know what? When it was over and I was editing it, I started to realize he sounds like Alex Karlinski. Like, he sounds like Highway Superstar. They have a very similar voice. It must be the Russian. Like, it's the Russian part. Uh, and uh, that's what I was thinking the whole time I was editing it. I'm like, I got to get them both on the same show one time so we can, like, compare voices. Because he did uh, remind me of uh, Highway Superstar quite a bit. Uh, the music is very different, but <laughs> the voice. Uh, but look, everybody, you have a lovely week. I apologize for this episode being out late. Um, and just in a few short days, we'll have a high five for you to listen to. And uh, that's all I got to say. And don't forget, if you have any questions for the midnight, uh, email uh, beyondsynth at gmail.com and say questions for the midnight, and I will ask them when we uh, film our little video segment. And for everybody else, uh, have a lovely few days, and uh, we'll talk to you next time on Beyond Synth. Thanks for If you enjoy the show, please consider supporting it by going to patreon.com slash beyondsynth or visit beyondsynth.com and click on support the show. Beyond Synth is made possible by the awesome Patreon supporters. Don't forget to follow Beyond Synth on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher. Live broadcasts can be heard weekly on Twitch at twitch.tv slash beyond underscore synth. Have a lovely week.